welcome to Minute 26 of As If, the podcast about Clueless, where we talk about Clueless minute by minute. I am Darren, your host, and with me today is Phil Gonzalez. Hello, Phil. Hello there. And she's been here all week, Shannon Camp. Hello, Shannon. Hi. <laughs> we start this minute with Ty sitting down. She's bought three cans of Diet Coke for the other two. And she starts by opening a box of milk and drinking that. So I don't know why she's got the Coke, uh, unless she's a big fan of uh, Laverne and Shirley. And then we finish the minute with uh, Dion telling Ty that Cher's main thrill in life is a makeover. First off, the milk and Coke reference is disgusting. So (laughs) thanks for that. Uh... Milk and Diet Coke as well. That's the... I think at least on Laverne and Shirley, it was it was full fat Coke. It wasn't Diet Coke. Yes, yes. So I, I mean, well, yeah, that's, that's not pleasant. But in this, we get um, Ty telling us, telling um, Cher and Dion that she met Travis, who on cue comes out with his food balanced on his skateboard and then promptly trips and drops it all on the floor. And she's talking about how he offers me smoke, which is weird because in their entire conversation, which was quite lengthy, never at any point did Travis offer Ty any drugs. But Cher is then, are you talking about drugs? And Ty is like, yeah. And then, and then we get what is probably my so life. funny. Like she puts everything down, <laughs> laces her fingers together with her elbows on the table and like won't make eye contact. Are you talking about drugs? <laughs> and then my favorite exchange, which is Ty, how old are you? And Ty is, I'll be 16 in May. And Cher says, well, my birthday is in April. And as someone older, can I please give you some advice? And, and she takes it. She takes the advice. Like she, she's like, yes. Like there's no, yeah. there's no power struggle here. The power has already been set up. And then Shannon, do you want to do Cher's speech about? See over there on the grassy knoll. That's where all the stoners hang out. Sometimes they come to class. Sometimes they don't. But we don't really take any of them seriously. And she talks about how it's one thing to get laced at a party, which of course we will see them doing together later on. But it's quite yeah. another thing to be fried all day, which is, you know, like honestly, pretty sound advice. I didn't partake in marijuana in high school, and I'm glad I didn't because your brain is still developing. But at least Cher's not like, hey, 420, smoke weed every day. <laughs> I was going to say, they've both just admitted as well that they are 15. So we've established their age. So that does seem a bit young to be, you know, on the grassy knoll, basically. <laughs> well, I wanted to add that it's a, it's, is this the first... So Cher and Dion are our, like, there are, you know, Cher's obviously our, our focal character and Dion is her friend and we've been following them through this whole movie. This is the first time I've seen Cher explicitly draw social lines. Uh, this is the first time I've seen her really say, those people are good for a laugh, but they are not in our social circle. Yeah. And that's, she's not, you know, we, it, it does remind us that she is... She is a nice person, but she is also very socially conscious. Like, she's not totally freewheeling. No, you don't. These people are okay to laugh at, and it's cool when they show up every once in a while, but they're not they're not part of this anymore. Like, they don't sit at our table with us. Yeah. And I think it's interesting that Dion is doing her nails, kind of disinterested in the conversation. Yeah. Um, but when appropriate, she backs Cher up with a, do you see the distinction? 
And and then kind of, you know, which is the way she kind of like stops doing her nails and just turns herself to the camera is like, do you see the distinction? It's, you know, it's a really, it's like a really well delivered line uh, from Stacey Dash. And then, of course, Cher is like, you don't want to start off on the wrong foot, do you? To which Ty kind of like wordlessly just shakes her head. Right. Uh, I mean, if if Ty had a little if she had a little more presence, a little more confidence, uh, she might say, you know what? That's not cool. I'm going to hang out with whoever I want to hang out with. And we're not supposed to want her to because we're supposed to want to see this story take place. <laughs> so you kind of are forced to root for the uh, the 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 haves as opposed to the pre- perceived have-nots in this in this story. I don't know, you guys. I mean, God knows I've enjoyed some herbal refreshment in my life now and then, but I. I, I don't think you should judge people or be like, I'm not going to hang out with anyone who does X, Y, Z kind of behavior if it's not really hurting anyone. But at the same time, I kind of have a hard time finding that much fault with Cher's, you know, encouragement that her friend not do drugs a lot in high school. That seems like as far as peer <laughs> pressure goes, that's pretty benign. Oh, I, don't peer- have, I don't have a problem with that message. It's the uh, it's the, you know, no respectable girl dates them. Yeah, yeah I mean, I agree yeah. with you there, but I also just it's not compare in the grand scale of popular girl moments from TV and movies. Oh, I feel like no. this is pretty enough. I do think it's I do think it's you know, I mean, obviously we're not dealing with mean girls here, but uh, <laughs> I think it's an important I mean, I think it's an important part to remind the audience that Cher still has she's still very socially. She hasn't made her journey yet. Like, yeah, I mean, it's definitely laying the foundation for Cher being wrong later on right. in the movie, because, of course, just like Harriet and Robert Martin, who cannot really be kept apart in the end. Obviously, Travis and Ty are a match made in heaven, pretty much. But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely an interesting moment especially considering that later on we go to the Val party and there is you know for the first time weed on screen right I was actually a little taken aback when I first saw this to see a main character in a teen comedy uh saying it's okay to smoke weed every once in a while like (laughs) like there usually is a more clear distinction to have the popular girl be like look it's cool to smoke weed at a party I was like oh wow like that's like the breakfast club taught me that only the burnout smoked weed at all and that you know if you did smoke weed as a teenager it was either because you were a burnout or because you were trapped in detention with a bunch of other kids yeah you kind of have like the freaks and geeks distinction where as soon as you smoke weed if you're like Lindsay or Millie from the math club you like immediately cross 100% over to the side of the freaks and are like <laughs> hanging out on the smoking patio. <laughs> well, very briefly, I want to describe to you the Lodies who are on the grassy knoll, which I have to feel has got to be like a JFK reference. I think it's supposed to be an intentional wink. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. And we have basically a bunch of, I mean, mostly guys. There is one less than respectable girl, I guess, uh, amongst the group. Um, and they are playing frisbee, and the one guy who's playing guitar has like a hacky sack kicked at his head, and he just kind of like heads it. And the, everyone else is just basically lying down <laughs> on the grass. And there's the, a, the, there's the a girl one... vaguely dancing. <laughs> yeah, she's she's got really really long. Yeah, she's got really long braids, and she's wearing yeah. like um, I don't. I mean, she's got like again plaid is everywhere. She's got like a a heavy kind of plaid coat on, and she's got um, really loose. Uh, I guess you would call them pants, though I would call them trousers. Uh, and she's kind of spinning spinning around and her long hair kind of keeps like whipping around. And it's 
I mean, I'm not saying it's a group that I wouldn't want to be with, but I think I think sticking with Sharon and Dion is the stronger move. That oh, I would have been totally intimidated point. by that group in high school. Like, they may have yeah. been they may have been the nicest people in the world, but I would have been like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, it would have it looked like a sea of Eddie Vedder's, and I would have had no <laughs> idea what to do with them. <laughs> and again, we don't see any of those people. Actually, I think we see a couple of them at the party, but we don't really like after we've been introduced to them. We don't really kind of go back to the loadies at any point. But that's because um, I think they're almost like a sight gag. You know what I mean? Like that shot of all yeah. them with the one girl kind of dancing around. Like that is the punchline of that scene. Yeah. You do get to see Travis. Uh, he's delivering food to all of them. Yeah. He's gotten, he's gotten their lunches because he's tossing, he's tossing bags of chips to each of his friends, which I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like he picked up the lunch that day. He's a nice guy. He is. He's wonderful. Oh, my gosh. Travis. Maybe oh, one of my top although, three favorite characters in this movie. Although, I've got to say, he thought the food looked awful, so... <laughs> but he gave them chips. He gave they them don't care. Chips. Yeah. I, they sir, don't... My, freshman oh, I year, my freshman year in high school, do you know what I ate for lunch every day? I ate a pound cake out of the vending machine <laughs> and a bag of Andy Capp's hot fries. That was literally my lunch every day. I didn't touch the cafeteria food. You don't have diabetes, just to be clear. I was not one of the Lodies either. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm like, they've got the munchies. They really don't care if it's good yeah. or bad. I guess if you sort of know, if you notice what he's bringing to them, I guess that's kind of a little, again, like a little visual gag that they're yeah. doing. And then we get kind of what will dominate our next minute, uh, but it's kind of just kind of uh, built up here, which is Dion suggests doing a makeover. And I have to feel this is because she decided when she saw Ty uh, that essentially she was toe up because she's the one who was like, Ty looks terrible. So I, I, it, t- it seems to me like she's the one pushing the makeover here because... Yeah. She knows Cher will go along with it, and also she wants to make Ty look better, which will backfire slightly on Dion with hilarious consequences, which we will discuss tomorrow. But, um, yeah, so, and then Cher's main thrill in life is a makeover, apparently. Yeah. Uh, which... It gives her a sense of control in an otherwise chaotic world. And I'm gonna, br- I'm gonna, I'm gonna be totally honest. When I was a kid, if there was a makeover episode coming on of like Oprah, I would watch the heck out of that. Like, oh, I yeah. loved watching makeovers when I was a kid. Like, it's just, it's fascinating. I agree. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say, well, kind of, because we've got the whole montage tomorrow with the makeover. So, you know, let's not get too much into the makeover of it all. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, kind of Dion's suggesting here, let's do a makeover. Um, to me, it just, it feels like, you know, she, although Cher, obviously, is the one who's consciously decided to interfere in, in Ty's life. Uh, now, kind of twice over by keeping her by deciding she shouldn't be with Travis and and by kind of deciding she should be their friends um I think kind of like the next step obviously had to be some kind of makeover uh just from like the shot that we saw of them walking together as a group it kind of it's obvious that Ty was standing out and you know Cher is kind of for people fitting in a little bit more yeah um so. She's for people being the best they can be, but her definition of the best is exactly my standards of living. <laughs> Whatever she thinks your standard of living should be, but that's just her standard of living. Yeah. And I would say this is kind of, um, I don't know if this is kind of accurately reflected in Emma, but it is sort of reflected in him in the way that Emma tries to get Harriet to, um, you know, yeah, and kind of improve herself to become yeah. more of a, a lady. So it kind of, it fits it fits with that you know even even in Jane Austen's day P- 
people were making people over. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the reason Emma is really drawn to Harriet is because Harriet is very beautiful. And so Cher sees her as like a diamond in the rough. Like, can you believe this beautiful girl is going to marry this lowborn farmer? She could do so much better if I just taught her some manners because she's so good looking, which is with Ty, we have the makeover. So that's that's just one difference. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean, I don't think there's anything else to cover in this minute, and I know I really want to get onto the whole makeover because that's a, that's a fun little thing. So uh, I'm going to go to plugs, and I'm going to say, Phil, I know you have something to plug. Great, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, John McCoy <laughs> from the Sophomore Lit Podcast and I have started a new podcast called uh, Click It Cast. It's a Beverly Cleary podcast, so if you want to hear us once a month talk about your favorite Beverly Cleary novels uh, from the perspective of two guys in their 40s um, <laughs> go right ahead it's going to be great it's great, it's a great you really show. wound down at the end there <laughs> yeah K K L I C K. give it yeah. a look my favorite Beverly Cleary book is all of them because they are all superb um as for me, plug-wise, you can visit me online and check out all my podcast stuff at my website, shannon-camp.com. Great stuff. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you can both return tomorrow. Will do. You can't get rid of us that easily. <laughs> and we'll see you then. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of As If, the podcast all about Clueless. It's produced and edited by Darren Husted. This episode was hosted by me, Darren Husted, with my guests, Phil Gonzalez and Shannon Kemp. Like us on Facebook at As If, the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at As If underscore podcast. And follow us on Instagram, As If podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes or the podcasting app of your choice. And please rate and review if you enjoy. Clueless is owned by Paramount Pictures. No infringement is intended. All rights reserved. Copyright 2016.